please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. The gospel story today is meant to be understood in the light of two other biblical stories, the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3 and the temptation of Israel in the wilderness in the Old Testament. The serpent tested the first humans with false promises and to try to get them to, to not do what God said. Now, the evil one, present again, tempts the new human to disobey God's word with false promises. The three temptations of Jesus in our gospel today correspond directly to the three main failures of the nation of Israel in their wilderness testing. Jesus is succeeding in each of these places where Israel failed. One thing that is brought into clearer light here in this story, Jesus' relationship to Israel, is that the devil is revealed as Israel's true enemy. He was hidden in the wilderness wanderings of Israel, but now he is revealed. The devil's lying voice attempts to dissuade God's people from hearing God's true word. These three stories are tests of the human vocation. God made man in his own image, male and female, to be his children and the heirs of his creation. The test of the forbidden fruit was a test of that relationship and vocation. Would the first humans, by their trust in God, and by their obedience to his word, show themselves to be God's true children? The answer was no. So God adopted new children. This time it was a nation called Israel. And that nation was led into a time of testing during which the same questions were asked. Will Israel, by her obedience, show herself to be God's true children, God's true people. The test was failed in the same way. In his remaining faithful through his times of testing, Jesus reveals himself to be the true son of God who fulfills the human vocation and becomes the heir of God's creation. The church, us, we are a fourth chapter in this progressive story. We are not merely Adam and Eve and Israel stuck in the age-old cycle of human futility. For we have been given the Holy Spirit. We have, as Romans says, received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Just as the Spirit in the Gospel led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested, so the Spirit leads each of us into our own times of wilderness testing. The question is the same. 
Are we true sons and daughters of God? Will we fulfill our vocation and claim our inheritance by remaining faithful to God and his word? We can reject the pattern of fallen humanity and follow the new pattern of Jesus because we have the Holy Spirit. The key to faithfulness as sons and daughters of God is to desire the eternal things more than the things that are offered to us as substitutes in this world. Jesus had his eye firmly and resolutely on the resurrection and the new creation that would emerge from the cross. He knew that to get to Easter, he had to remain faithful to the wilderness. He had to offer himself to the Father to fulfill the temple sacrifices. He desired God's will and God's promises more than the temporal satisfaction, power, or prestige. And he knew the devil was a liar. He knew that the bread that would come from stone would leave him inwardly empty. He knew the temporal power being offered to him was, well, temporary and therefore uh, not lasting and would also result in a certain kind of misery. And he knew that cheap tricks, that's what jumping off the temple is. Jesus jumps off the temple and people say, what a neat trick, and they start following the magician. He knew that cheap tricks would gain followers for a while, but only as long as the cheap tricks continued. In contrast, by remaining faithful through temptation and death, Jesus would become the eternal bread of life. He would become, as Revelation says, King of kings and Lord of lords, the eternal Lord of all things. And through the cross, his death, he would, as John's gospel tells us, draw all peoples to himself. Thus, Jesus chose the will of God and the eternal inheritance over the short-term promises the devil offered to him as a substitute. Temptation asks the same thing of us. Do we want the short-term quick fix that dulls the pain for a while but leaves us empty over the long run? Or are we the true children of God who desire, like Jesus, what is eternal? and will choose that over what is temporary. The main challenge for us in resisting the temptations highlighted in the gospel is that we are too fixed in time. It's not that we don't believe in God or in some place called heaven. It's that God and the eternal things take a distinctly back seat to business, politics, family, and the immediate concerns of life in this world. 
Faith becomes a thing we use to manage life in this world. We ask God to help us and to give us various favors. Heaven, however a person may conceive of that, becomes merely the consolation prize we turn to once we have to give up the things in this world. To remain faithful as Jesus was faithful, we have to develop within ourselves the virtue of hope. This is one of the three theological virtues. Last week talked about love. We have to develop within us the virtue of hope. It's planted in us in baptism, but we must develop it. Faithfulness requires a vision of Easter in our lives, a vision of the promise of the new creation. We need to say yes to something that will make sense of our no to other things. Otherwise, Lent and the disciplines of the Christian life will seem pointless. Why on earth would we say no to certain appetites, to certain pleasures in this world, if we believe that things in this world are going to bring us our greatest happiness? We can only understand how our attachment to things in this world gets in the way if we already have a taste and vision of the glory of God. If we already see and experience Easter through the Spirit, if we, as Romans says, groan inwardly, waiting for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, then we will understand why we fast and why we need to obey the commandments. Obedience to God's will and word is the constant yes to God, which requires a firm no to every other impulse and offer. Our resurrection hope is not a rejection of the good things that God has made. We do not fast because created things are bad. We fast because created things are not enough in and of themselves. The creation is sacramental. It is a sign that points us to the creator, but we turn it into an idol. Thus, our appetites for food and drink, our desire for material success and power, our pursuit of human relationships and esteem in this world become the controlling influences in our lives instead of God. We sin not so much in that we disobey a particular commandment at a particular point in time. We sin because the whole of our lives is lived in service to our appetites, mammon, success, and popularity rather than God. We, as Romans says, worship and serve the creation rather than the creator. To change our fallen pattern of life, we have to want more than this. Jesus wanted more than this. And he knew that the devil was offering only cheap and inadequate substitutes. 
his fasting and his no to the devil were really a resounding yes to God. Lent is about our desire for Easter. What do you really want? Do you want the living bread that gives you eternal life? Do you want to reign with Christ in his kingdom? Do you want to experience genuine intimacy with God and with others in the spirit? Can you identify the temptations in your life that pull you away from your true identity and vocation and try to rob you of your eternal inheritance? What do you really want? That is the central question of Lent and Easter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.